0: Causes us a new life the moment we believe in Jesus, a completely new life, slate wiped clean, all the old rubbish gone, and He gives us two things two amazing things to make that life come to pass. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. I'm really excited as we head into the final message in this series called Meet the New Me because today we're going to take a look at the power that God's already got ready and waiting for you to actually help you lay hold of your new life in Christ. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you grow closer to Jesus and to live in the victory that he died and rose again to give you. Hey, it's great to be with you again today. And today is the last message in a series of four that I've called Meet the New Me. It's all about who we really are when we believe in Jesus Christ, what our true identity is, what our destiny is. God has some awesome things to say about those things. Really, he does. And last week on the program, we were chatting about trying to make sense of the apparent yawning gap between the stark realities of our here and now and God's assertion in his word through the Apostle Paul that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And as I've been trying to live out that promise, the promise of a completely new life in Christ, the conclusion that I've come to is that all things are not new because the world around me has changed. All things are not new because the old me, the little tyrant who demanded recognition and success in his own way, that he's gone. And the new me is learning little by little to delight myself in God and relegate all those other things that used to be so incredibly important to much lower down the pecking order. I guess the reason I've been sharing that experience with you these last few weeks is that if you happen to be sitting there looking at your realities, your circumstances on the one hand, and then this new creation, all things a new promise from God on the other, and wondering, hang on, they don't fit. I just want to share with you that they do. God is in the business of renewing us from the inside out. Does he change our circumstances sometimes too? Yeah, he does sometimes. But sometimes he doesn't. The most important thing is that he's changing us and equipping us to experience peace and joy, even when the externalities don't fit with the world's template of success. The sobering thing for me is the amount of suffering that even Jesus, the Son of God, went through. And then all his apostles after him, and, and all those other Christians we read about in the New Testament that were persecuted. And all those since then, in fact, did you know that more Christians were martyred, more Christians died for their faith in the 20th century than in the 19 centuries before that all put together? listen again to the powerful truth of god's word because i believe that he means for you today to lay hold of that truth in your heart and live every day of the rest of your life in this truth that if anyone if you are in christ then you are a new creation all the old stuff's passed away and look everything has become new it's time it really is time for you to meet the new you because it's the new you that's meant to be living out God's amazing plan for you, this newness of life that he promises. Now, I know that there are still a few that may not be entirely convinced. How is this possibly going to happen? Does, does God really, really mean for this new life to happen for me? Does God really, really mean for there to be a new me? Can I tell you, I completely understand why people struggle with this. I, I've struggled with it, and some days, still today, the enemy wants to come along and whisper doubt into my ear. And my hunch is that that's why the New Testament, God's own word, is replete with arguments and encouragement to lead you and me into this new life. Because a new life, a new creation, a new me, a new you is exactly what God has planned. I want to take you on a hike today into what some theologians have referred to as the Himalayas of the New Testament, the absolute high point and pinnacle for some. And again, I understand why they say that. It's Romans chapter 8. Just come and gather around the Lord's table and feed your soul and your spirit and the bread of life, the word of God. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 9. You are controlled not by the old sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, we have an obligation. But it's not to the sinful nature to live according to that. For if you live according to that sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You didn't receive the Spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of Sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, since indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Isn't that a powerful passage? And it speaks directly into this tussle we often feel between the old sinful self, the old me, the old you, and the new reality. Once the Holy Spirit enters us, and that happens to everyone who puts their trust in Jesus, a new life starts to happen. And God is saying to us here through the Apostle Paul, of course, You feel the old nature pulling at you, don't you? You feel the old you still tugging at you. Even though, in my eyes, the old you is dead, sure, the old you will still raise his or her ugly head. Trying to drag you back into the past. But it doesn't have to be like that. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Then you have the Spirit of God in you. And when you have the Holy Spirit, when you live according to him, when, when you connect with him, when you listen to him, when, when he tells you that you are a child of the living God, believe him. Yield your life to him instead of falling back into the slavery and fear again as you lived when that sinful nature, the old you, had complete control. Instead, live like a child of the living God. Know that you are heirs, co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. And the life ahead here and now and the life eternal with Jesus, with God, are yours. Are you going to suffer along the way? Yeah, you are, absolutely. That promise is there too, by the way. Did you notice it, or did you try and skim over it and ignore it, as we would rather do? Well, Let's go there again, because the new life and suffering, according to God, are bedfellows, strange as that may seem to thee and me. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Do You see, this new, abundant, rich life that God promises us isn't an alternative to suffering. It happens right alongside, in the context, in the reality of suffering. Lay hold of that truth, that powerful truth, and all of a sudden we stop doubting that the new life is really for us. Stop falling for the old trick of the devil that the moment we feel a bit of pain... We believe him when he whispers, "See, see, that new life was never for you, because we can turn around and say to him that the glory that you and I are going to share with Jesus, that the glory happens through, because of and in and on the other side of the suffering we share with Jesus. Suffering's a fact of life, it just is. And I, for one, I want the new life that Jesus died and rose again to give me right in the middle of that suffering because that's where it's of greatest blessing and benefit to me. My friend, with all that I am, I want to encourage you today to know, to believe, to live your life in the truth that you have a new life in Christ and that the sufferings that we may experience along the way simply don't compare to the glory and the blessing of that new life now and for eternity. They, they just don't. Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access, either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com you'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the home page. Or if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. Completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 722 415 So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word and grow to live in the victory that He died and rose again to give you. Now, one of the things that many of us struggle with in believing that God wants us to have a new life in Christ is the power of some stubborn sin. Sin that try as much as they will, just won't go away. So, this new life—is it true? And what about that stubborn sin? Maybe it's because I'm getting older here, but it seems like just a day or two ago that we started off this series of messages that I've called Meet the New Me. And here we are, we're coming towards the end of the series. Now, I truly love doing what I do, getting to spend time in God's Word and unpacking it and sharing it with you, just love doing that. But this series, Meet the New Me, is one that I've really, really enjoyed researching and writing and sharing. It's been such an incredible joy because with all my heart, I know that there are so many people who've lost sight of the fact that they are so incredibly precious in God's eyes because they've been created in His image. God said, let us make humanity in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the, the cattle, over the wild animals of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humanity in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And the reason that we've lost sight of this wonderful truth is that sin has covered that original image, the image of God, the imago Dei, in just like a graffiti attack on a great artwork, would mar and cover the original beautiful image. Now, over the the last few weeks, and before the break, we were chatting about the fact that no matter how bad the past has been, no matter how terrible the sin, the mistakes we've made, no matter how devastating their consequences, God's plan is that you and I should be a completely new creation. If anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See? Everything's become new. And the thing that we've really been chatting about is the fact that for many, that's so hard to swallow. For many, there's one particular sin, one particular thing that keeps coming back to rob them of this new life. One particular sin that keeps shouting at them, you see, this new life is never going to be for you. You're always going to be trapped. What we need, what you and I need desperately to live this new life is power the sort of power that in our own flesh and bones we just don't have. We're going to discover that power today. But before we do, can, can I just say this? If you're in this place right now, condemnation is the last thing, the very last thing that you need to be or should be feeling because this isn't some shock or surprise to God. He, he's not sitting there condemning you. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. God always knew that we couldn't work our way into his favour. We, we couldn't pay the price of our sin except at the cost of our lives, which is why he sent Jesus to die on our behalf so that we could be forgiven. And my friend, God always knew that we couldn't eradicate the ongoing sin in our lives on our own as well. God always knew that we wouldn't be able to lay hold of this new life on our own. And that's why he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us the moment we put our trust in Jesus, to make us holy, to set us free. God's plan is to give us forgiveness through the death of his son, and a new life through the resurrection of his son. Let me say that again. God's plan is to give us forgiveness through the death of his son on that cross, and a new life through the resurrection of his son. And it's not just me saying that, it's God. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. See, a new life. And I know that you probably have one sin, one Achilles heel that's robbing you of that new life. In fact, so common is that that I've actually written a book called Eliminating Stubborn Sin once and for all. Because God sent Jesus to die and rise again to set us free from every sin. Even the most persistent ones, in fact, especially the most stubborn ones. And to do that, he's given us the power that we don't have. To do that, he's given us power from on high. And like Paul the Apostle, my prayer for you is that you would today lay hold of the power that you already have over your sin today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not in half a lifetime's time. Today, the way that's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit is going to take his word, God's word, as I share it with you now, and he's going to write it as he promised on your heart. You're just going to know that you have victory over the sin that's robbing you of this new life, the new creation that God promised you would be. That, in fact, if you believe in Jesus, you already are. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive his word? Do you have your heart open? Well, here it is. Listen to this. Drink it in, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 17. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation As you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. According to the working of his great power, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that's named, not only in this age but also in the age to come. Oh man, there's so much in that prayer of the Apostle Paul for his friends in the church at Ephesus. And this same prayer is my prayer for you today. Bottom line, bottom line is that you already have the power. Paul is praying that the more they, we, you, me, get to know God, the more the eyes of our hearts are opened and enlightened, the more we would come to know the certain hope that we have, the more that we would lay hold of the riches of the inheritance that we have in Christ, and the more that we would know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe the very same power of the Holy Spirit that God put to work to raise Jesus from the dead and to sit him at the right hand of the Father and have rule and authority and power and dominion over absolutely everything forever. Do you see how great this power is? It's huge. And Paul's praying that you and I would come to know the immeasurable greatness of this power in our lives that we already have. It is time to stop praying for power. We already have it. It's time to start praying with power. It seems we have little problem believing, many of us, that Jesus died to pay for our sin. So so why is it that we have so much problem believing that he rose again to give us a new life. How come we have so much of a problem believing that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him above everything, that very same immeasurably great power is the power that you and I as believers in Jesus already have been given to have victory over the things that would rob us of the newness of life that Jesus rose again out of the grave to give us? My friend, you are a new creation. All the old things have passed away. Look, everything in your life's new. You have forgiveness, you have a new life, and you have the power to live that new life. It's time. It's time for you to meet the new you. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Jesus died so that all your sins could be forgiven and he rose again to give you a brand new life to live here and now and for the rest of eternity. And he actually means you to lay hold of that life, to to live that life. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Your Complete Makeover Awaits. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live out this new life that Jesus came to give you. And at the end of each chapter, you'll actually find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post but this is the very last week that this particular book will be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 722 415 Now, as we come to the end of this series, Meet the New Me, you'll have heard me talk a lot about the new life that Jesus died and rose again to give you. That's great. But in your heart of hearts, do you actually believe that this new life is for you? Or are you still thinking perhaps, well, oh, it all sounds too good to be true? Hmm? Well, that's powerful stuff, isn't it? Just to realise that you and I already have all the power we need to live this new life. See... We live in a world full of scams. How often do you see on the evening news some elderly couples being ripped off of all their savings by the latest scam—something that sounded too good to be true. You know what they say: if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. And, and I know that perhaps some people listening today—maybe it's you feel a little bit like that about God's claim of a new life. It's radical. It's outrageous. It seems too good to be true that God's word says that we can have a new life. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. A completely new start so new that we become a new creation with all that old stuff from the past, everything from the past that's been impacting our lives, the mistakes of our parents that have found their way into our lives, hurts, regrets, even abuse. Everything old is gone. And look, everything has become new. Let me ask you, when when you look at your life, do, do you have trouble believing that? Even having heard what you've heard today on the program, do you still have trouble believing that? Well, if you do, If you're struggling, you won't be alone. And I think that's because we weigh God's promises by the world's standards. Let me say that again. I think we weigh God's promises by the world's standards. You see, we are so used to scams. We are so used to things claiming to offer one thing and then not delivering. We've all been there seduced by advertising that if we spend our money on this one thing, it's going to make us happy. And it never did. We're so conditioned by false promises, we can't help it. We struggle believing what God says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that if we're in Christ, we are a new creation. We put God's promises in the same bucket. We can't help it. We just have to struggle in believing it. It's too good to be true. And so I want to finish off this series with this thought. God's promises are nothing, absolutely nothing, like anything on this earth. We simply can't judge God's promises by the same low standards that we've come to judge the world's promises by. Have a listen to this. John chapter 2, verse 23. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not trust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone. For he himself knew what was in everyone. You see, Jesus knew this. He he was a celebrity. They all flocked to him. But he knew how fickle public opinion was. He knew how fickle success was. He knew how fickle people are. And if Jesus had relied on them, he would have been swept away by his celebrity status, which in the end completely evaporated. Jesus, get this, Jesus didn't Dance to the world's tune. Jesus didn't judge things by the world's standards. And again, in those dark days just before he was crucified, when he was explaining to his disciples that despite the danger, despite the fear that they were experiencing, they could have peace, he went to great lengths to explain that his promises were nothing like the world's promises. John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, "'Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, but I don't give the way the world does. Don't let your hearts be troubled.' Don't be afraid. In other words, my promises are nothing like the world's promises. You can actually trust my promises. You can actually rely on my promises. My promises are true. If I say I'm going to give you something, I'm going to give you that thing. If I say I'm going to give you peace, you are going to receive my peace. And even though it took the disciples a bit of time to figure it out, eventually, you read the book of Acts, eventually they discovered that Jesus' promises could be absolutely relied upon so can this promise of a new life, a new creation, complete freedom from the past, can it possibly be for you? The answer is absolutely. For Jesus doesn't promise the way the world does. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Look, everything has become new. My friend, with all that I am, I want to tell you today, I just have been praying about this and thinking about this I believe God wants you to know that truth. I believe the one thing that God wants you to take away from this series is that he has given you a new life already in Christ. He has given you the power through the Holy Spirit to live that life. All you and I need to do is to step into that life with the smallest amount of faith. Just faith the size of the mustard seed. That's all we need. all we have time for today but before i go there's something very important that i need to share with you this program christianity works is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to lay hold of the new life that jesus died and rose again to give them to live out that new life in all its abundance but that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you Each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1300 722 415. And when you do get in touch, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Your Complete Makeover Awaits. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1300 722 415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. And I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.